0: Hello everyone, thanks for joining us today for this special call with Tony Khan to discuss the upcoming Ring of Honor Final Battle pay-per-view event this Saturday. Just some quick housekeeping uh, in the interest of time and giving everyone opportunities to as many people as possible. We're going to ask that you kindly refrain from asking two-party questions. We have a lot of people on the line here, a lot to talk about today. So we want to get everybody uh, the best chances as possible to, to connect with Tony. So with that. I'm going to turn it over to Tony now for some opening thoughts, and then we're going to open up the lines for your questions. Tony.
1: Thank you very much, Jim. Hey,
0: everyone. I really appreciate everyone coming in today.
1: Uh, This is a little different. We normally have done these on Thursday, but I thought it would be good to cover the whole week. We have a lot of great wrestling coming this week and a lot of things happening in both AEW and ROH. It's a huge week for us. We have Dynamite tonight on TBS. Rampage Friday on TNT and then uh Ring of Honor Final Battle on Saturday afternoon. It's a little bit different trying to show out in the afternoon time slot and we're excited about that. Um and there were so many things to cover this week, uh, and I really thought it would be good uh to talk on Wednesday. And something I wanted to cover, there's been a number of issues that have come up this week, different questions, and one question that we've gotten so much that I thought I should just lead off and talk to you about it is a question about the status of William Regal in AEW and also in Ring of Honor, where where he's helped us out. Uh, And I thought it would be something good to cover. It's a lot of personal stuff, and I have a ton of respect for William Regal, and that's why I thought it would be good to just talk about it here, Um, to go back. And really talk about uh, some of these things, I would go back a few months. Uh, you know, these last several months have been crazy. Uh, and going back to All Out, you know, obviously there were a lot of things happened. Coming out of All Out, the fallout. And after that, those next couple of weeks uh, ended up being a really important time for the company. We made a lot of uh, changes on the show. And frankly, um, it was all hands on deck. And we had to completely overhaul a lot of things, and I was really pleased with the success we had. It ended up being one of our best periods we've ever had for TV ratings, and it was the best run of ratings we've really had all year. And it's not the first time this year we've had to make a lot of changes uh, for different reasons. There have been a number of times this year where things have come up out of our control, and. Earlier this year, you know, around uh, Double or Nothing and our show at the Forum, those were hugely successful events for us. But then that week, coming out of it, there was some attrition as we had a number of major injuries and going into Forbidden Door, for example. um, I was so pleased with how Forbidden Door came out. It was commercially and critically one of the most successful things we've done. And the run up to it was very challenging with injuries in particular to Brian Danielson and CM Punk and had to make a lot of changes. And then coming out of All Out, again, a lot of changes. We had the Grand Slam Tournament of Champions and some great shows uh, at that time after All Out. And uh, shows in Buffalo and Albany, really strong events that led into AEW Grand Slam, which is maybe our most important TV franchise each year. and. At that time, I felt like things were really coming together, and I was really proud how the company uh, had all rallied leading into Grand Slam. And also going into Grand Slam, I had some personal challenges in my life and my family's life, and I was going to tell you about that today, and, and I don't think 99% of you would have had any idea about any of this. So um, so going into Grand Slam, last year my dad was at Grand Slam, and. I was really proud to have him at the event. He was not able to come this year. And, uh, the lead into grand slam was very challenging for me personally. My mother had a stroke, uh, after all out before grand slam. And, uh, my whole family, we were really obviously very, very concerned. And it was a really stressful time for my family, but also, uh, there were a lot of really challenging things happening around the company, AEW and, and, uh, they needed to be addressed and it so there was just all kinds of stuff happening and uh, so that's why my dad was not at Grand Slam this year but everybody came together and the event was tremendous and following a great Grand Slam uh you know my, my mother uh had been at the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville and they weren't really able to figure out why she had this stroke and that was pretty scary and uh you know, they they uh, actually had let her go home. And they said they would, you know, keep doing tests and stuff. And um, we had this strong run of ratings uh, in AEW. And I kept, you know, kept plowing ahead at work. And it was at the week after Grand Slam, uh, we had another great show, I thought. But Hurricane Ian uh, reared his head. But we still came damn close to hitting that million number we go for every week and stuff at home with my family Uh, my mom was home so that was was really positive but obviously we're all still really concerned and then the following week we went out to celebrate uh the three-year anniversary of AEW Dynamite on TBS and then uh my mom had a second stroke and uh now uh you know we've gone from incredibly worried to just uh, panicked as a family, and, and so there's just so many things happening at this time. And uh, this was right around my 40th birthday, which was probably about as low key, probably about as low key of a 40th birthday as you could have. I, I watched Monday Night Football at my parents' house with my parents. My mom was hooked up to a lot of machines, and I was just praying that my mom's surgery would go okay. And uh, that same night, I got a phone call and it was saying that uh William Regal had approached Mega and said that, you know, and it was all very legitimate valid stuff. Basically, uh he's got a son, uh, who works in another wrestling promotion and he really wanted uh us at the end of the year when we had the option to renew his contract. He was asking that we would not, not Nothing bad, he, you know. We're we're having a great time working together, but that this is an opportunity for him to go back and work in these really uh, golden years of his career with his son and and do things he likes to do, coaching. Uh, and he's got friends that he would like to go back and coach with. And it's a very complex situation for AEW because uh, he's a huge part of what we're doing on screen and we really value him. And there's multiple storylines that he's involved in at this point. And, uh, as we were going to Toronto that week, um, obviously I had a lot on my mind. And, um, after the, uh, second stroke, they found, uh, my mom had uh, a spot on her heart. And so the, And I'm probably doing a bad job with the medical explanation of it, but they said that if they could remove the spot from her heart, then that was the best chance we had to stop the strokes from happening. And through this whole thing, my sister and my dad, I mean, they were heroes in this whole thing. And my sister especially is like the hero of this thing. She was there as much as she possibly could have been on my mom's side. And I went and spent as much time as I could every night in the hospital and uh so it was um as we went to Toronto my mom was was going down to have that surgery and obviously there were other things happening too in the world of wrestling that were really important and uh this was the timing of the request uh from Regal and I had really had to think about it and both those shows in Toronto were very successful and then uh at the end of the week, my mom had this heart surgery. And when I got back, my my dad and my sister had already been there at the hospital since the previous day. And, uh, that weekend, uh, which would be, I think the 14th, 15th, 16th, I, I went in. Um, I actually, I think I, I think I tweet, I watched Rampage in my mom's hospital room that Friday night with her as she was sleeping. And I, uh, uh, definitely I think I tweeted I was watching Rampage with my mom although nobody would have known what that meant and uh there's a lot to think about here and we had a, a Jag game that weekend against uh the Indianapolis Colts and my mom's recovering from a major operation that she just had uh which had gone thankfully really well but is a really challenging recovery and so I I uh came back from Toronto, and we're all just really grateful. My mom had you know, was making it through this operation, and, and she was in good condition, but she, it was a long road ahead. And uh, so if I thought my mom was hooked up to a lot of machines before, uh, you know, I got back, and good Lord, there's just dozens of machines. And uh, and uh, but when I got back, my family was pretty exhausted, and I, uh, I kind of tagged in, and then I found myself spending the night in the hospital and they were spending the days there and uh we played the indianapolis colts that weekend and i went to indianapolis and then flew back and then i went back to the mayo clinic on the sunday night i think that's october 16th i want to say and uh you know again my uh my dad my my sister and my mom's best friend they've they'd been there a lot and during the days and and i was trying to spend the nights there and uh my mom was asleep and I got a message from Regal, and it was asking if we could talk, and I've, you know, i made time to talk to him, and I went outside the hospital, and uh, so I'm sitting out on a park bench out in front of the Mayo Clinic on Sunday night, and we had this really long, good talk, and it was very positive, and he really had, I think, good intentions, I'd like to say, for why he wanted to go back. And it made a lot of sense to me that he would want to work with his son and be with his son. And he said to me, honestly, and, and it made sense, you know, given where you're sitting right now, does it make sense to you that I would want to go back and be with my son? And at that point where I was sitting, yeah, it really did make a lot of sense to me. And frankly, the last thing I wanted to do at that moment was prevent any parent and any child, any son from being together as I was sitting on a park bench at the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville, you know, while my mom was sleeping inside and recovering from a major operation. And uh, so I told him, you know, I I do think, I don't know how we're going to do it yet. I'm going to have to do a lot of thinking. Uh, It's going to require more changes. I, I, I referenced earlier, there's been a lot of that this year that we've, We've tried to make the best of everything, and I really do believe we've been able to have great events through it all. You know, there were a lot of changes going into Forbidden Door, but I thought it was one of the best pay-per-view shows of the year. There were a lot of changes going into Full Gear, but really, I thought it was one of the best events of the year, and it was the start of a new period for AEW. And I had to think about that, but I also had to think about family. And given that's, you know, where I was at and where he was at, it it made a lot of sense that we would try to accommodate him and that request. As I was sitting there, you know, praying that my mom was going to be able to uh, recover from this major operation she just had that weekend. And given where I found myself and given where he was, I just thought it made sense maybe that I would not exercise that option here. So I said I would consider it and started working on changes. And it's basically another complete overhaul. And like I said, we had made major changes going into Forbidden Door. We made major changes uh, coming out of All Out, going into Grand Slam. But these were really successful periods for us. Forbidden Door, you know, it wasn't the smoothest run in, but it ended up being an amazing show. All Out coming out of it is probably the most successful period of TV uh, we've had this year, and there were so many great shows there uh, with great matches in Albany and Buffalo uh, leading into Grand Slam. And then coming out of that, some great matches in Philly and an awesome three-year anniversary show in D.C. And I was really proud of what we did in Toronto. And then after that call with Regal, we had Title Tuesday. And from then on, uh, you know, we made changes to get to full gear and through full gear as strong as possible. And I thought Title Tuesday was a great show. Uh, to say we leaned into things uh, with Regal at MJF would be an understatement, but I think that was a real-life situation too. And that 20-minute promo was outstanding. It was tremendous storytelling, I think. And again, it set a table for a different direction that helped us get to where everyone wanted to be. Later that week, we had uh, Rampage live at Daily's Place in Jacksonville. And I sat with Regal for over 90 minutes in my office afterwards. And this is probably the longest one-on-one in-person talk I've ever had with him. And, you know, we talked and I told him I'm, I'll make major sacrifices to this company to do the best thing for you and your family because this is a family-first company. And the person I'm releasing, you know, later this month, who's still with us, I think it's fair to say. Uh, through the holiday, has been an essential part of multiple TV stories, and is still uh, an essential part of the TV as of tonight. And we've done a lot of things uh, to help him create the best situation he can for his family. And for me, my mom's doing really well, and we're really grateful. And it's amazing. We just had this great Thanksgiving, and she She's doing better. It seems like better and better every day. And I'm so grateful uh, for that. And I'm grateful to my dad and especially my sister for being there for every moment of the recovery. And also I'm, I'm grateful that it really, I was there a lot as much as I could be. And it was probably uh, in a lot of ways, the most time I spent with my mom this year. And uh, even though I spend a, a good amount of time with her and it's, you know, where we're at, I thought we had a, a great, a great pay-per-view show, and now for for Lord Regal. Uh, I'm wishing him the best, and he knows I wish him the best. And, and we've had conversations even this week, and he's, you know, I think he's grateful for what I did, but also I know he enjoyed his time here, and I've enjoyed the time with him. And it's hard to see him go, but it, it was a challenge to arrive in a place where we were able to make it compelling, and he's not gone yet. Now we're going into Wednesday Night Dynamite tonight and a big week with the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. And, you know, in pro wrestling, you have people butting heads in the ring and also backstage, and it took a lot of hard work to get to where we are. In the end, like I said, Full Gear was an incredible success for this company, commercially and critically. You know, it's one of our best pay-per-view shows we've we've had, And, and this year we've had a lot of great shows. Despite challenges, we've been able to keep the company strong throughout the year. And you know, in the end, there's a lot of happy endings here, and I'm most happy that my mom is doing better and and that whole situation probably led me to a place where I had a better understanding of the reasons why Lord Regal would want to be in a place where he could work with his son as much as he wants and and be with family. And I probably won't be able to facilitate every family reunion. But I do try to make this a family-first company, and especially in this situation, that's what we've done. And, you know, there's a lot of exciting things happening in AEW now we could talk about. It. There's a lot of exciting things happening in Ring of Honor going into Final Battle, and I'm excited to talk about those. And now uh, I can open it up for
0: your questions, if that's okay. <clears throat> Absolutely, Tony. Thanks for your time on that. Thanks for your, your thoughts, for sure, I'm sure. <clears throat> Everyone really appreciates him. Um, so we're going to start with Stuart Myrick from KTXX FM, the Horn, in Austin, and we're going to follow Stuart with Brandon Thurston from Russellnomics. Stuart, you ready to go?
1: Yes, I am. Uh, Tony, first of all, uh,
0: thanks for your time. Uh, thoughts and prayers. For your family as your mother recovers uh, it, it, having having dealt with that myself with
1: my family I can I can attest to the strain that it can uh, put on you so uh, thoughts and prayers and oh by the way welcome back to Austin. Thank you sir. appreciate that <laughs> uh, quickly just uh, do you have any updates on the possibility of Ring of Honor returning to television on a weekly basis? Well, I, it, what, what, whichever platform it is, I'm really glad you asked me that. It's a very timely question with Final Battle coming up. Um, you know, I, I've got these two amazing companies and AEW has always come first and foremost for me yet Ring of Honor is really important and I don't want it to take a backseat to anything. I also don't want it to always be uh, the focus of the AEW TV. So after this week, that I will really be limiting how much Ring of Honor you see on the shows. And going into Final Battle, I, I you know, there was uh, a good amount of Chris Jericho and Claudio's story. But a lot of the other Ring of Honor champions or the Ring of Honor matches, some of them have been on Rampage or even at times Elevation and Dark uh, and doing things uh, using our other platforms like streaming YouTube and things like that. So for the future of the TV, uh, I'll address it after Final Battle. It's a really good question, and and I think let's get through uh, a really big week, starting with Dynamite Tonight on TBS, Rampage Friday on TNT, and then obviously Final Battle this weekend. And and uh, I I think it's something I would like to address, and it's a good question that you asked. But um, I'm going to punt it to Saturday, and then I can talk a little bit more about it there if it's okay. Thank you for asking and setting the table for
0: Saturday. Thanks, Stuart. Okay, as promised, I'm going to call on Brandon Thurston from WrestleNomics and Joel Torres from Contralona will follow Brandon. Brandon. Hi, Tony. First of all, I want to extend uh, best wishes to you and your family. Hi uh, you. I really agree. Also, I was wanted to ask you about the Rampage
1: ratings. Uh, the, the rating on Friday was was a, a new low, but it's just sort of uh, uh a data point in a, in a wider trend. I Was wondering if you could talk about what you think the reason is. Has promoting Ring of Honor on Rampage played a role in that, and what can you do to improve ratings? I definitely uh, would, you know, definitely am looking to put strong matches on Rampage. I think we'll have a, a big card this week, and uh, you know, with the depth of the roster, I think now is it's a time for me. Uh, to really uh, put all hands on deck, to put the strongest shows I can on Friday. And I always try to listen to the feedback from the fans. So going forward, I'm going to try to put things on the Friday show that I think will have the best chance uh, to bring in that audience. So I'll look back at um, what has historically done really well, because we've had a lot of good history of, of shows that have done well on Friday. and uh, you know, there's, there's people that have drawn in those spots and then look at the people that necessarily haven't drawn as much in those spots and what can I do uh, to help those people. And on the other hand, uh, probably what can I do to put the show in the best position uh, utilizing people that have a history of drawing well on that show.
0: Appreciate it, Brandon. Uh, Joel Torres from Contralona is next. And then I'm going to follow Joel with a write-in question from Max Evert from Sportskita Wrestling. Joel. Hey guys, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Hi Tony, how are you? Um, first of all, um, I lost my dad uh, a few months ago. Uh, to uh, you know, via cancer, and I, I can relate with you right now. So, I'm wishing all the best for you and your family. All right.
1: Thank you very um, much. My well, my my, is... I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry for your loss. And uh, thank you thank you for saying that for me. I'm sorry for your loss. And, you know, thankfully my mom's doing a lot better, but I'm, I'm sorry you've been through that.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that, really. Um, my question is about Latin America. Um, you guys started
1: to, to present AW shows on Canada. Um, now
0: you will go on 2023 to the United Kingdom. What about Latin America? Is that something that you have in plans in the near future? Thank you.
1: It's a great question, Uh, and it's something, uh, you know, we've we've just upped our international uh, presence in the past year on TV and streaming, and we made our first international trip to Canada this year. And next year we've announced we'll be going to London, and certainly there are great Latin American markets where I think AEW would have a lot of potential, and it's something we'll definitely consider uh, going forward, I don't have a date or anything circled for that, but it's certainly something um, we have talked about and would consider. Um, I, you know, I uh, so far we've obviously only done one international loop, and next year it's definitely something we're going to hopefully look to do more of. Although I don't have a, an exact date, or I can't, I can't promise it would be uh, next year, but certainly it's the kind of thing we'll be looking at
0: okay th- thank you very much joel uh, i've got a question here from max Everett um, from sports key to wrestling i'm going to read and then joey hayden from the dallas morning news will follow um tony's pretty simple can we expect ring of honor to run their own international events in the future um as, as others have
1: um well that's um, also a good question um i believe ring of honor actually has done more international stuff than AEW. I've actually gone to see Ring of Honor in England before as a fan years ago. So, uh, you know, Ring of Honor probably has had more in their, you know, Ring of Honor's been around for over 20 years. So it has a lot more history and time to have done some of these international tours and things like that. Um, But absolutely, I think Ring of Honor doing international events in the future makes a lot of sense too. Uh, Both companies have a great history, although Ring of Honor has been around longer. AEW's probably expanded quicker, I think it's fair to say. And uh, both, I think, companies would do really well touring internationally. Yeah.
0: Very good. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Max. <clears throat> Joey Hayden from the Dallas Morning News. You're going to be called upon right away and followed by John Orchiola from ScreenRant. Joey.
1: There we go. You guys got me?
0: Yep, got you.
1: Awesome. Tony, thank you for the uh, explanation to open the uh, presser. Prayers up for you and your family. Uh, I actually just had an interview with Athena yesterday about her match on Saturday, and she was hoping that you have an extravagant celebration planned for her at her hometown show in Garland. Winter is coming after she wins the Ring of Honor Women's title. What have you sort of seen from her since she joined AEW, and what do you think the future holds for her? I am incredibly impressed with Athena. And while I can't say that all of us AEW officials uh, condone her recent conduct, I would say that it has made really compelling television, and I think she has reached another level in the past several weeks, in the past couple months. I think she's taken her game to another level. And this aggressive side of Athena you're seeing, I really like it. I think it's uh, it really it, it is compelling TV, and uh, it's you know she's a great talent, and I think she's doing her best work in AEW right now, and she's facing uh, wrestler at in Mercedes Martinez, who's somebody who in both AEW and Ring of Honor has been uh, a great champion for Ring of Honor and a formidable presence and uh, really one of the most respected veterans in the locker room in AEW. So it's going to be a great match. And I think there's an issue of respect here because Athena has not shown respect to the other wrestlers, respect to the people in that locker room. And now Mercedes Martinez is back to really fight a locker room bully. And it's going to be a very compelling situation. Should be a great match at final battle on Saturday afternoon. And uh, Athena, I think is you know tremendous, and uh, in particular right now she's just doing great for us.
0: Thank you very much, Joey. Uh, John Orchiola from Screen Rant, you are up next. Amy Nemedy from Russell Joy will follow John. John. John, you need to unmute your line. John, if you hit the red microphone on the dashboard. John must be having problems. Okay, do you want to go ahead and jump to Amy uh, and then we can try John a little bit? Amy, are you there? Hi, Tony. Can you hear me? Yeah, hi. Hi. Uh, first thoughts to your family. Thank you so much for um, being so open and, and sharing that with all of us. I hope. Glad to hear that your mother is doing um, much better now. Um, I was going to ask about Athena and Mercedes. However, since that's been covered, I'll go ahead and move to Juice Robinson and Samoa Joe for the ROH Television Championship. Samoa Joe is arguably one of the strongest ROH champions, and he's pitted against a man of incredible versatility in Juice Robinson. I'd like to know what your expectations are for this match, and also if... Juice wins. Could we see this championship carried on an international stage, potentially with something like New Japan?
1: I absolutely think that there's a connection between Ring of Honor and New Japan. It goes back long before I was involved with either company, frankly. And at one point, uh, it was a relationship I would have liked to have interjected myself into. <laughs> and now we, I find myself sitting in, in the capboard seat between the two companies. Uh, and it's really something to consider. I think Juice Robinson has a great history in New Japan. Obviously, he's a former U.S. champion. He's got great wins in New Japan over some of the biggest wrestlers on the planet, and uh, I do think he's a potential great TV champion for Ring of Honor, and if he were to win the match, I think he could defend the title potentially uh, not only in Ring of Honor or at times in AEW, although, like I said, I am, trying to not have quite as much focus on Ring of Honor on the AEW shows to make sure I get all the focus on all the AEW stuff, too. Um, But there's a time and a place for that, and certainly uh, that's something to consider. And, yes, if Juice uh, wins the Ring of Honor World TV title, I think it would be something to consider that he could do title matches in New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, which is, again, our relationship with New Japan is very strong, and that's something else I could probably talk more about on saturday and you know as we're covering Ring of honor stuff so it's a great question thank
0: you thanks amy <clears throat> i'm going to do a write-in um question here from kimmy sokol from the pop break and after i read it and tony responds we'll try john again john Orchiola from screen rant so john will be on deck after after this uh question here from, from uh, kimmy with her extensive work With the Ring of Honors Women's Division, do you plan on using Maria Pinellas-Bennett in a backstage capacity?
1: Uh, We talked about that, and um, I have had good discussions with Maria about her own uh, Women's Wrestling Army and some of the different wrestlers out there, and she's got a great eye for the talent, and she's very knowledgeable about wrestling, and in particular, women's wrestling personnel. So uh, it's something we talk about on a pretty regular basis, actually.
0: All right. Tony, Thanks. there you have it. John, we're going to try John at Orchiola again. And if, and then following John will be Bill Pritchard from WrestleZone. John? Hang on here. Hi, can you hear me? We can. Yeah, I can. Oh, good. So Sorry about that, technical difficulties. Um, Tony, first of all, my best wishes to you and your family. And my, my, my prayers as thank well. Um, I you. wanted to ask about... Oh, thank you. I wanted to ask about Jade Cargill. Um, on January 5th, she hits one year as TBS champion. And she's been a great star and a great attraction for AEW. I'm wondering what your thoughts are about her run, uh, future plans for her, and if you see her as AEW's version of Roman Reigns or even Mandy Rose. <laughs> well, I see Jade as her own great
1: star. And I have so much respect for Jade. I'm excited that she'll be in action tonight. It'll be a bit of a personal situation as she's taking on her former baddie, her former employee, Kira Hogan, in a trios match where Tierra is teaming up with Madison Rain and Sky Blue, who have been uh, really positive forces in the women's locker room, taking on uh, a trio of baddies, Jade Cargill with her baddies, Red Velvet, and, of course, Layla Gray. And it should be a a great match, but also, uh, you know, great to see a little bit more uh, of what to develop with Jade. Of course, we saw Bow Wow interject himself in her celebration last week. Um, Jade is such a great champion for us, and she has so much star power. She has that crossover star appeal. And, you know, when Jade goes out carrying the AEW TBS championship, mainstream places like big sporting events, everybody takes notice. And I've been there to see it firsthand and, and seen how people gravitate towards her, even people who aren't wrestling fans become interested in wrestling when they see someone with so much charisma and such a unique stage presence as a champion representing a company. So I have a lot of respect uh, for Jade, and I think Jade's a great champion for AEW.
0: very good thanks john <clears throat> thanks for hanging in there uh bill pritchard from the Russell zone uh is next and i'm going to follow bill with a write-in from jim barcelone from the miami herald bill
1: hey good afternoon tony hey, good afternoon to you hey i i'm glad to hear things are looking up at home and i appreciate you sharing that with
0: everybody thank you man um so A new name, a new face uh, that showed up last week, Shane
1: Taylor. Uh, I'll I'll keep it short and sweet. Uh, What took so long, and is he under contract? (laughs) Uh, Well, I I don't want to get into contractual status, typically, uh, but I was excited to have him here, and obviously, he's been a great champion in Ring of Honor, and there's a lot of great wrestlers in Ring of Honor, and we have a great roster here in AEW, and now as we're doing more Ring of Honor events, I've looked to bring in people that have had success in Ring of Honor and and also people that have had success all over the world and tried to build a new exciting version for going into Final Battle. And I think that's something that I'm looking forward to seeing at Final Battle is seeing uh, former partners colliding and then how does that play into Keith Lee's current partner drama. He's got part drama with his current partner, Swerve Strickland, and he's got a former partner in... Uh, shane taylor who wants some payback and some resolution and shane taylor's got another former partner there's jd griffey so it's uh, a family affair it's a it should be very exciting at final battle to see shane taylor now in this new ring of honor and so you know to be fair it hasn't been that long since uh uh you know that uh We've been doing these Ring of Honor shows. It's only my third pay-per-view and third full Ring of Honor event. But uh, Shane Taylor is somebody, you know, from the beginning, it's been a good name we'd consider. And I think uh, when the situation with Keith Lee came up, it was actually Keith Lee, when we were talking about ideas, Keith Lee brought it up to me, and I thought it was a great idea. And, uh, you know, I I think when people have good ideas like that, I want to support them. And so I thought Keith had something there.
0: Very good. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Um, I'm gonna, I've am i got a real quick question here from Jim Barcelona, and, and after you respond, Tony, Dom D'Angelo from Ad Free Shows will be next. Jim asks, are the creative teams different between AW and Ring of Honor?
1: There is a lot of crossover in the people that help me with both things. Uh, I mean, I am the head of both creative teams and, and generating a lot of the content. And I work with a lot of the same people. There are a few people that are different on the different sides. There's a few people in the coaching that do the coaching in AEW, but not in Ring of Honor, and vice versa. Um, and so that's, you know, that's probably the a big difference. And uh, there's, you know, some different announcers, different production teams, but there's definitely some crossover in the people too.
0: Very good. Thank you, Tony. I'm, <laughs> um, Dom D'Angelo from Ad Free Shows, um, yeah. is going to be next, and then we're going fi- to, I'll, I'll announce our next, uh, uh, uh journalist, uh, after Dom's, uh, uh, question.
1: Hey, Tony, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Hey, okay, good. First off, I want to say prayers for your mom and your family, uh, thanks for sharing all that, um, but, uh. My question for you today is um, a lot of the – something the wrestling fans appreciated, too, especially when AEW started and uh, is the inclusion of legends into the product. So you've had, like, you know, uh, names from Ricky Steamboat to the Rock and Roll Express to Greg Valentine sitting in the crowd. Uh, And I could go on, too. Daryl Funk showed up. Uh, But two guys that really stood out earlier on were Arn Anderson and Jake Roberts, I remember their, like, uh, confrontation in the ring and everything like that. Uh, both of them still under contract and both still big personalities and legends.
0: Uh, both have also expressed how much they love the company and would love to be a part of the product and stuff like that. Oh, would we possibly see them get more involved as the product carries on, whether that's an AEW or ROH?
1: Yeah, I would like to utilize them. I think more content and more hours and, and – uh... You know, and Ring of Honor now potentially can be a part of that expansion with, with, uh, in addition to the three hours of, you know, Dynamite and Rampage we do each week, uh, with weekly Ring of Honor potentially uh, coming out of Final Battle is something I'd like to talk more about. And right now, with the three hours of TV we have, plus Dark and Elevation, and our pay-per-view events, our countdown shows, that's uh, the bulk of our content, and there's such a great roster here. There's so many great people to present and uh now coming out of uh you know, coming out of uh final battle, like I said, I- I'll address what we're going to do with Ring of Honor, but also um you know, great names like Jake Roberts and Arn Anderson, they are great mentors for some of the young talent here, but at any given time when the situation is right and you know, either of them could flop back on TV at any given time. So uh, that's what's great about having a little bit of rotation and being able to bring people in. You know, it's something I really talked about from the beginning of AEW, but then when I've done it in practice, at times people have gotten a little restless, but it is something we always said we were going to do is um, flop people in and out uh, to keep people fresh at times and not necessarily have every single person do a run on TV, you know, all week. Excuse me, all year, every week.
0: I appreciate it there, Dom. I've got a write-in here from uh, Issa Ramos, um, and Issa asks the following question. Can you share with us your thoughts on FDR's run as Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions and why they're not featured in this card? Oh, it's a great question. Thank you. Uh, I I should have uh, let off or talked
1: more about that sooner. So I have a great, great appreciation for FTR. A lot of the card shuffling that has happened this year uh, through zero fault of their own, they have been involved in a number of matches and stories that got thrown off because of people, you know, the various times where there have been people not around. And in, in particular, you know, there's been in, even injuries uh, that have stopped that. And I think there was no secret I talked at length about uh, at the forum when CM Punk broke his foot and it really affected months of story for FTR and things we changed, but they, you know, they weren't the same as what they were going to be. And it's hard to replace that part of it when you have a a big name like that. And and especially the connection that we had with CM Punk and FTR. So um, I think uh, a lot of things more than one time this year have changed for them, but they've rolled with the punches and been great. What I have to say about FDR is tonight is a really big night for them. And I'm glad you asked that because it'll let me segue into some stuff I was going to make as closing remarks if nobody asked about it. Uh, this whole thing uh, that I talked about earlier, in particular stuff with my mom, it's been a really hard year. And those guys have, have been really supportive. And they've also uh, had you know challenges in their own personal lives, but also they they wrestle so hard, and they want to be on TV and they want to wrestle every week. And I think I want to use them, and I, the fans want to see them. Uh, and it, you know, with with them being all over the world, there's been times where uh, you know I've had stuff for them that's had to change because of. Uh, either a commitment to another organization. There's been times where I've had stuff change for them because of, uh, you know, their partner uh, not being out injured. Uh, And then uh, now we've got this huge opportunity tonight. And the stuff I was talking about before also that, you know, in relation to my personal life, my family, I am today, I, I, kid you not, guys, I am truly filled with the Christmas spirit. This is, to my family, like the biggest Christmas miracle that my mom came out of this okay because it was a really scary situation. And from the uncertainty we had, uh, even just like uh, really, say, weeks ago, and and especially months ago, uh, it's come so far and it's been so great. And nobody loves Christmas more than my mom. Really, truly, nobody loves Christmas more than my mom. So starting tonight uh, through the holiday season, there's going to be a lot of Christmas on the show and uh, and a lot of Christmas spirit. And in in relation to those guys, I have to say with FTR, what they've done this year is pretty remarkable. They have been world champions already in three different companies, Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and Triple A. They've defended those belts all over the world while also competing at a high level in AEW, and Dax has also been moonlighting as a great singles wrestler for us. And they want to do more. They want to do much more, and people want to see them do more. And I think it's great. Uh, and so uh, going into tonight, first of all, something I meant to say at some point in this call, and now this will be my segue into it, I feel like Bill Murray and Scrooge. Like uh, like, I have a new lease on life, on wrestling, on everything. And uh, they're a big part of it. And so now uh, they happen to be facing two guys that have also been a huge part of, again, it's this really this, a period with a lot of changes in AEW, but also, uh, you know, in my, in my own life, a lot of, of changes and, and difficult things. And that's the acclaim. Wow. And uh, they've been, uh, you know, one of the greatest, homegrown success stories in the history of AEW. Tonight is a really important night for AEW because you have the AEW World Tag Team Champions, the acclaimed wrestling FTR. They're the former AEW World Tag Team Champions, but they also hold most of the other (laughs) world tag team titles in the world. So you have all this gold uh, out there, and it's a match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship, which we're putting first and foremost tonight. And I'm just so excited for these two teams to get to wrestle. We've been teasing it for a while, and it's funny because I guess, I guess maybe it's been a, maybe maybe people haven't picked up on it, but but I feel like they have because when I've seen it, certainly the crowds have reacted wow. when they've seen FDR and the acclaimed out there together, and you know they had um, a great eight-man tag where they were partners uh, several weeks ago, and then following up on that, um, you know there was a tease. Last week on Dynamite, that the Acclaimed were going to announce really who they thought they should wrestle, the best team, or in their words, the second best team, I guess, if they think they're the best team. But they were looking for the best possible challengers, and that led us to FTR. And that was last week on Rampage. And, you know, I think one thing I can do for Rampage is by having stuff like that, compelling segments that make a difference, and really... Uh, are very impactful and important in AEW, you know, by consistently doing things like that on Rampage, uh, that is one thing I can do to really strengthen the show by having consequential segments like that. And that was a very consequential segment. So now coming out of that, it's official. It's going to be uh, FTR versus the Acclaim for the championship tonight. And FTR, uh, we you know, they've, will definitely be holding at least three tag team championships coming out of tonight. Potentially, they could also be the AEW World Tag Team Champions after this match, but they claim they're going to have something to say about that. So you asked me about final battle. Well, I would say that, you know, FTR, it would be fair to say they are the MVPs of these first two Ring of Honor pay-per-views. Where are they? Where is their match? Well, I think it's very fair to let them get through this match tonight, Let's see where they end up coming out of this match with uh, and let's see uh, where we end up with the best possible match we can put on final battle given the circumstances. And so uh, we're going to focus on tonight on Dynamite. Uh, and like I said, I'm excited for the show. I'm excited to kind of kick off the Christmas season tonight on AEW Dynamite on CBS, uh, which hopefully nobody will have any need for Hallmark uh on these wednesday nights um and they will get all their their fill of uh, christmas on aw and in all seriousness FTR, i just have so much great stuff to say about both of them as you can probably tell and uh now uh it's a big night tonight for them and when we get out of that um we'll focus on final battle thank you
0: tony <coughs> okay we're hitting the Stretch run here. So we're going to go with uh, David Vixenspan from uh, Babyface, Babyface vs. Heels and follow that with the write in from Steve Fall of 10 Count. David, are you ready to go? Hey,
1: Tony. Obviously, want to start by giving my best wishes to your mom and the rest of the, your family. Thank you, Bix. I really appreciate that, Vix. And thank you very much for doing that. And uh, I, I, that means a lot. Thank you. And also, uh, you. You've really entertained me this week, um, separately from that, with your uh, with your AI contribution. That's good stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I want to follow up with something on what you said about the regal thing. So since there had been some rumors of some of the active wrestlers um, who have spouses in WWE wanting releases to go work with them under the new regime, I feel like kind of an obvious question to ask is, Is Regal's release conditional on him not appearing as talent, or is it an unconditional release? That's a really great question. That's a really great question. Uh, The way uh, I believe it is written uh, is that after this year, uh, he would be able to go back and coach. But uh, I believe we have it written that he would not be appearing on screen next year. So uh, that is a very fair question. And so I wouldn't expect to see him as an on-screen person next year. Honestly, given the spirit of the thing and how accommodating we were being, I was really surprised by the tweet with the supercut of him on it, especially since he's still been with us and a part of the shows. And as I go into Wednesday Night Dynamite tonight, we're still addressing him. Uh, on tonight's show and you know going into last week's show especially I mean it was a it's a very big part of our show so um I was a little surprised by the super cut of him uh on Triple H's Twitter and I didn't really give you know given how accommodating we're being to the whole thing I didn't necessarily I was not necessarily expecting to see that and uh you know, I didn't necessarily think it was in the spirit of how accommodating we are being about the whole thing, but whatever. Uh, you know, the important thing is that uh, it's a situation that will be resolved and, you know, he will be able to be there and do the do the coaching and, and work with his son and, and the stuff that's important to him that he said. And he was completely cool and very okay with the idea that it would be a release where he would not be appearing on TV next year. And you asked me about other people in the same situation. I think, I, you know, I kind of referred to that earlier. I can't necessarily facilitate every family reunion. But in this circumstance, given where I was at in, in my own life and where he was at with this, it, it made sense to me what he was asking.
0: Thanks, Fix. <clears throat> Thanks, Tony. I've got Steve Fall from 10 I've got a, a write-in from him, and I'm going to follow with a write-in from Daniel uh, Kuchler, uh following uh, from the Social Suplex Podcast Network, uh, Steve's question, Tony, is rather simple. What about adding some more pay-per-views to the AEW calendar? Is that something that we can maybe look forward to in twenty-three?
1: That's a great question. I have certainly uh, not locked in anything like that yet, but I do think it's a good question and. Uh, Right now, we've had a great year. We've had the biggest year we've ever had on pay-per-view. And it makes sense why you'd ask that because Forbidden Door was such a successful launch. And then we also had great numbers at All Out and Full Gear. And if you can add a fifth pay-per-view to the calendar and still have these kinds of numbers, it obviously would bear the question in a business meeting, what is the right number? Is is five the perfect number? What we have now? Is there potential for more pay per view events? What is the future of them? It's a great question, and that's you know exactly the kind of thing we would talk about in a confidential business meeting that I probably couldn't uh, talk about here. But I would say that you know there's the success of the pay per views this year certainly you know makes you think makes you wonder if there's anything to that. But I also would say that you know if you're going to quote me on that, please. Uh, don't omit the back end of this quote, which is that I really think that one of the great things about AEW has been the emphasis we put on making the events. We do have very special, and we've built them up uh, as such. And so I don't want to oversaturate the market either. So uh, finding that balance with the perfect number, is it what we have right now with five? Maybe, I don't know. It could be. So uh, that's a great question you've asked
0: okay um so here we go um this is the last question tony uh, it's a write-in and it's from daniel kuchler from the social suplex podcast network and it is how close has the evolution of ring of honor been to what you originally envisioned um ha- have there been anything that's you know sort of what you expected anything thrown you off you just just what's your view on that
1: it's a great question Uh, it's a little, there's been a few things that have been a little different than what I thought. Maybe, uh, I overall am really pleased and it's been beyond all projections, a a success. The pay-per-view events we've already had this year have both more than doubled projections, so on this pay per view now, I was really playing with house money, so to speak, because uh, the first two were so far ahead on projections, and it affords us the opportunity to experiment and try some things we've never done an afternoon pay per view before. There's a lot of competition on Saturday night, and we thought it would be interesting to see. You know, is there a market for uh, Saturday afternoon pay per view rather than do it with uh, the huge gross earnings of Revolution, or Double or Nothing, or Forbidden Door, or All Out, or Full Gear. I thought it would make sense to try this. This is, you know, the I'm very excited for Final Battle. Uh, and in talking about Final Battle, I don't think you can talk about this event without talking about Chris Jericho and this Ring of Jericho run he's been on. And I think that Chris Jericho, as a Ring of Honor champion, has brought a lot of attention to the company. And now uh, it's also, frankly, led to one of the most exciting in-ring runs of Chris Jericho's career, which is pretty amazing over 30 years that you look at this and that it holds up as such a strong run of matches for somebody who has had one of, the most prolific careers I've ever seen in pro wrestling and the kinds of matches he's had against a variety of great opponents with, you know, winning the championship from Claudio Castagnoli and defending it in Toronto against Brian Danielson, but also all these great opponents, former champions ring of honor, including Bandito and Tomohiro Ishii. Both those were just classic matches. I thought Bandito and Ishii and put that on top of the run Chris is having throughout 2022. You know, uh, whether it was wrestling John Moxley at Quake by the Lake or taking on Eddie Kingston at Revolution or his part of the Anarchy in the Arena match, which was maybe the best match in all of pro wrestling this year. I think uh, this Ring of Jericho run is amazing. And it's the first time Chris Jericho has ever taken part in a Ring of Honor event. But you also have to look at uh, the way he's carried himself in Ring of Honor and the way he's disrespected the legacy and the 20-year history of the company—it's, uh, you know, it's a, a, a conflict. And Claudio Castagnoli—you know—I've spoken a lot about uh, how we're all affected, and I think that he's somebody who's been affected as much as anybody by the departure of Lord Regal, and now going forward I think tonight with Claudio wrestling tonight you know we'll see how he's affected by this but also uh, there's high stakes on this match you know what? what is the future of the Blackpool Combat Club and if Claudio loses this match what is his future in pro wrestling or sports entertainment you know Chris Jericho has said uh, if Claudio can't beat him Claudio is coming to join the Jericho Appreciation Society which would be Uh, a sight to see Claudio and Jake Hager reunited. Tonight, we'll see them lock up uh, in a tag match on Dynamite on TBS, but could they potentially be partners again? It's an interesting scenario. There's a lot of interesting things on Final Battle, and one of the many interesting things about the show will be trying uh, an afternoon pay-per-view and seeing if there's uh, merit to it or not, but it'll be interesting to learn it. And I think one of the things we're going to learn will be uh, what is the future of Ring of Honor and is it going to, uh, is, you know, the will we continue on in, in this uh, Ring of Jericho run or is Claudio going to uh, save the company or uh, is something else going to happen? There's a lot of uh, ways it could go. And, uh, you know, people, like I said, people would want to know about what FTR will be doing. Well, I think the number one match they have on their plate right now is the AEW world tag team championship. And I think it emphasizes, uh, the kind of responsibility there is when you're carrying world tag team championships from several different companies around the world and then challenging for, you know, what I believe is the most prestigious tag team championship on the planet, the AEW tag team championship tonight on TBS. So, uh, there's a lot to address still going into final battle but we I think hopefully we've covered a good amount and uh, we'll cover more tonight on TBS and uh, and on Friday on Rampage and then as I said after final battle I can talk to you a little bit more about how the future of Ring of Honor is going to go and one thing I feel really really good about is the present and future of AEW and I really appreciate everybody being on to talk about it today and and we'll see uh, what happens tonight on aw dynamite on tbs but uh you know there's a lot of uh, personal stuff on this call and uh, you know just i really appreciate a lot of the sentiments people have expressed i've already gotten a lot of messages while i've been on the phone here with you from people who had no idea about any of this stuff and uh you know i i really uh, just very grateful to my family and uh how we pull together in a, a challenging time especially my my sister and my dad and uh, rallying around my mom, and I'm so proud of my mom and how she's kicked out of this thing. And uh, I'm really excited about the rest of this year and and going into 2023 for AEW. Thank you very much. And and Jim and Mandy, uh, anything to say before we wrap this?
0: No, I I think we appreciate you um, beginning and concluding this uh, session with the reporters with with those sentiments about about your mom tony and uh so uh thank you for that thank you for 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 being as as accessible and and as expressive as you are i'm sure everybody here online appreciates that very very much um so with that uh, everybody we are at the end of our time um as always look for a for an audio recording of today's uh, uh session hitting your inbox you know a little bit here later on today um, and, and again, we really, really appreciate your time and your interest uh, hope to see you in Arlington this weekend for final battle. If not, I hope to see you some more some, some, down the line soon. We, we all wish you from uh, All Elite Wrestling uh, a great holiday season. Um, we're due it after a couple years of pandemic. We're kind of coming out of it last year at this time. Uh, this feels really good. I'm sure Tony would agree that that uh, we have a lot to celebrate, be thankful for, and grateful for during these holidays. So, thank you very, very much, everyone, and we'll see you hopefully in Arlington.